Last time on Oppressed by Sun, our heroes rescued 12 prisoners from a Sun Elf prison, including engineers that can build equipment to refine a powder that can be used in making weapons that stand against the sun. They also rescued a wizard who they pray can help them in their current predicament. Today's adventure begins with Mumu and Kadim afflicted with a terrible curse. Jennifer conflicted over the theft of honorary equipment belonging to the Wood Elves, and Varian pining for his nearby love. Episode 10, A Bittersweet Hookup. Mumu, you, you watch your body every day with every passing hour just turn blacker and drier and more desiccated. I talked to Remy aside. She's, she's sitting, sort of meditating next to a flower that is growing as she meditates. Excuse me, Remy. Hey, Jennifer, please sit. I sit down. Well, I've been thinking about what you had said about these items, and I feel like we need to return them to their proper owners. Do you know of any way that we could, um, that I can send a messaging, messaging spell to the owner and she could pick them up? So she's been meditating and sort of not looking at you, eyes closed, but one of her eyes, like, pops open, sort of looks over at you, and says, I can do better than that. I can send them to the great library and say that uh, you have apologized for breaking the rules and shall never do it again. All right, then. Um, currently, Kadim is unconscious, and Mumu is very, very close to unconsciousness. Saw that. <laughs> if perhaps we could knock her out gently with a little magic... Or magical po- uh, potion of some sort, or, or powder. We could remove Kadeem and Mumu of their items, and I think Varian might might be persuadable to give up his. So there's this flower that's been growing in front of her as you're talking, and it was white. It was a white flower, and it was getting the bulb was getting larger, and the plant was growing up. Suddenly, the flower turns purple. It just like like a like blood flows through it of a purple color. The f- quickly turns into a small purple fruit, and it looks exactly like the berries that. Varian always gives you. Just give her this. Okay. I'm on it. Okay. I then go to Varian. Okay. And, uh, knock it. Alright, I guess you're out shoveling dirt. I'm, uh, I'm meditating in the garden. Well, come out there. Okay. Sneakily, because I'm always cautious with the entrance and exit of this area. I think I'm just, uh, checking on all the plants, making sure they're, um, watered enough, and if they're not, adjusting the land to allow for better, uh, water flow. I notice his, his, uh, exquisite irrigation techniques. <laughs> I say, wow, sir, you have quite the talent for landscaping. I say, holy shit. Uh, yeah, hi, Jennifer. Thank you. Uh, my sneak was actually only 10, so you probably... Yeah, but he was engrossed in his shoveling. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, mostly looking at the sky for some. But uh, thank you. I think uh, we'll keep getting a lot of good, uh, good berries out of this garden. I'm quite proud of it. Well, I had been thinking about these, um, these cloaks and bows that we had taken from the elves. And, um... I don't know, I kind of feel bad about it. I think they should be returned. Why do you feel bad about it? They tried to kill us. Well, we feel like lots of people try to kill us, you know, for a lot of different reasons. These in particular, I don't think, are like begrudged against us. If anything, they could be valuable allies against the Sun Elves, long term. And I heard that the Elves are kind of like suicidal about their particular items given to them for their military training? You think they're gonna kill themselves if we don't give them their bows back? <laughs> I think they're gonna kill no, them. That might work for us. I think they're gonna die trying to kill us to get their bows back, is what I think is gonna happen. They're more homicidal than suicide. If they'll come to try to kill strangers to them just because the Sun Elves tell them to, 
That does not seem like a likely ally, even I, if we give them back something that they used to have. I don't think those elves are going to turn and be our allies, but I think all the other elves that we want to gain allyship with or have be a friend with are going to look at as shitty because of doing this. And so the elves that I know that we might be able to befriend and have connections with are going to be are going to hear about this. I've already talked to Remy. She's got a way of making it known that these were uh, returned out of apology. Then there's a good chance that we're not going to be looked at in a negative way. I can see the wisdom in that. I gotta say, it's gonna be a very tough sell for uh, Moog and Dean. They're already, um, well, I was hoping that maybe you could give this to Moog. And I pull out this berry that looks a lot like your good berries. <laughs> but you kinda, you kinda hold it, Barry, and when you take the berry, you're like, Remy little, made little heavy. <laughs> what is that? Uh, <laughs> little, the smell's a little bit off. Remy gave this to me. Um, just tell Moo Moo it's a, it's a special good berry that will help in the remove curse process. It gives them an advantage. You, you, looking at it, you, you only can tell the difference because you are a trained good berry expert. Moo Moo almost certainly would not. Uh, I don't know how comfortable I feel about um, even just vaguely poisoning our most murderous friend. Well, <laughs> as long as she doesn't find out about it, she won't know she was poisoned. <laughs> she's just gonna wake up with the removed curse on her. She's gonna be like, "All right, my curse is gone." She have no idea that the goodberry put her to sleep. And why wouldn't she accept it? From um, I was just trying to or perhaps. incriminate you as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want to implicate you in my plot. Yeah, it was, all, it was all part of my plan to get dirt on you. And <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I will. I just wanted to kind of talk to you and, and just see how you felt about the whole plan. Oh, that's fine. I take it. And I leave. <laughs> I'll try. I walk into the infirmary. I put this uh, good berry on the table next to Moo Moo. It said, Barry says it's a special good berry that'll help with the remove curse. <laughs> I turn around and walk out. Uh. You feel terrible, Moo Moo. Just god awful. Moo Moo being inherently suspicious will do an insight check on that. Awesome. Mm. So, Moo Moo, you think that uh, this wasn't Barry's idea, but it, it probably it is a good berry. Okay, I eat a good berry. Okay, Moomoo falls asleep comfortably. And with that, Jennifer succeeds in stealing the equipment off of all of her friends, willing and unwilling, and sending it back to the Wood Elves. So by the third day, the female uh, gnomish wizard character has finally dug through all of the books that are just gathering dust in Argyle's study, is throwing them about, finally finds Remove Curse, spends time learning it, writing it down in an empty book, and taking careful notes about it, and then comes and casts it first on you, Moo Moo, who is asleep. And Moo Moo, you feel like you went to sleep, and then you immediately woke up completely refreshed with the benefits of a long rest. That berry was awesome. It was a good berry. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Kadeem, you wake up, uh, but you do not have the benefits of a long rest. Fuck. Because Remove Curse doesn't give you the benefits of a long rest, that was the berry. But you wake up and you feel terrible, exhausted, whatever hit points you were at before, 17 or whatever. Oh, let me sleep. I roll back over and go to bed. It's like, hey, we can make a uh, quick run uh, maybe 12 hours or so away. This is somebody I'd uh, kind of like to see. You're speaking of the, uh, the dryad. Magnolia. Get a little dreamy look in his eye. Yeah. Yeah. I feel <laughs> wondering about her as well. Before heading to see Varian's girlfriend, Jennifer makes a plan for the newly rescued engineers. I message Mayor Stellenhouse and I say, We've got engineers, we've got a source of the powder for you, but we need an entrance or a way to get to your town safely 
uh, from the Silver Sands. So build a passage on that side of the mountain range, close to the Silver Sands, that we can use as a trade route. The answer was exactly what she hoped. So Jennifer, it is wonderful to hear from you. This is a great idea. We will build this passage. We will build it near the, the underground river where you first came to us. This will take several weeks. Please contact soon. Eventually, it occurs to Kadim that he's missing a cloak. Speaking of which, where's my other cloak? Huh? Oh my god, my cloak is missing! Well, I think I'd say, well, yeah, don't you remember? You said you were gonna ship it back to the elves. I look at Jennifer! The fuck, man? <laughs> Alright. did you do that for? Why? <laughs> How? I figured if we were gonna have any relation with the Fendi house and the few good enough faiths as to not be disrespecting some of their most sacred military traditions. So I had it sent back. I mean, Remy also saw how ugly it was that we took this Yeah, up. Remy steps up. Kadeem, she made the right decision. Okay, so what? You're gonna give me an elven cloak now? How am no. I gonna get my elven cloak? Believe me, you do not want to make an enemy out of the Wood Elf Empire. Fine, take my badass shit. Mumu noticed that as soon as she woke up. Uh-huh. And you didn't say anything about it then, did you? Interesting. No, because you fuckers clearly stole it from me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care who it was. But I will get vengeance. <laughs> I don't say any of that out loud. Mumu just stares at you. <laughs> I cast invisibility on myself. <laughs> I leave. <laughs> After waiting patiently for days, Varian can no longer wait. He must go to see his beautiful Magnolia, a dryad who lives nearby. As uh, Remy comes up to you and pats you on the shoulder, she says, uh, Send Magnolia my, my uh, greetings. Oh, certainly. How well do you know her? Oh, not well. Um, I. She looks at you like a little bit like uh, uncomfortably. I'm not a servant of the Lady in White, and have no plans to become one. Ooh. Okay, what do you yeah. know about the Lady What in do White? you know about the Lady in White? Mm, very powerful in the ways of the Fairsris. Oh, the Dark Ones, huh? So she's... wait. Actually, would we... Is she like a god amongst the Dark Ones, or what? She is a god of her plane. I do not know if she is a god of the Dark One. Okay. Hmm. So talking to her may actually help us get some kind of insight into the blight situation. Interesting. After gaining some new insight on the Lady in White, they make the quick trip. You guys see a couple of methods, but they never they never react to you at all. You do in fact get to the canyon, you look down, you see that beautiful sand-colored uh, tree uh, with the wide, broad, round leaves. Goldish, shimmering hue here. Uh, there's a slight breeze down the canyon, and the leaves are sort of like just uh, shuffling. Okay, well, I uh, call out uh, Magnolia. You see a familiar, tiny little floating white figure. Nah. Dancing just here through, like from the canopy Moomoo's, of the From leaves. a place where you can't see, all you hear is fucking pixie. I hear Moo say pixie, and I'm like, what? Pixie? I start looking around even harder. Where's the pixie? Immediately you see nothing. At long last, Varian runs towards the tree and sees a wonderful sight. So as you approach the tree, suddenly just emerging from the tree and striding right up to you is uh, Magnolia. Now remember, she's a little taller than you and uh, very thin and curvy, bark covered. She has sort of flowers for hairs and a um, very happy smile. Oh uh, yeah. 
I want to make an insight check to see whether she'd be um, amenable to being uh, swooped and smooched. Okay. 22. You th- you definitely think that she's going to pick you up and smooch you. She's going to do it to me? Yes, she looks she's quite a bit taller than you. So as your eyes meet, she does in fact, just with arms that sort of emerge from her trunk, just swoop you up into a hug off your feet and plant a barky, scratchy kiss right on your face walks you like over away from the rest of the group and sets you down and like sits really close to you and snuggles up and says tell me about your travels while those two are canoodling the rest of the group reluctantly reunites with Ismene uh Ismene are you here perception is great for you and me 20 yeah you see her she's sitting on the limb above you like with her nose like curled up and like watching the whole group ignoring Varian and the dryad but but uh watching the three of you I say, hey, Esme, I brought you a present. She she looks down at you, uh, but she doesn't turn uninvisible, and she doesn't make any noise. And you can sort of see an outline in the light of the distortion that she's making. Kadeem still has a favorite that he owes you. Don't bring that shit up. And I don't, I don't have any ill will towards you, even though you tried to kill us. I mean, I think uh, that kind of makes us even. Says nothing. We've been trying to spare all the good people we can. Now, I think you were a great influence on us. Go ahead and roll a persuasion check. All right. That's persuasion worthy. Um, 20. Okay, so all of you hear above you uh, a very familiar little pixie voice. It really bothers me that you're the only one who's good in this whole wretched group of yours. You're the worst one. If you hate us so much, stop trying to get in our business. You always come to me. No, you found us last time, if I recall, whispering dark lies into the hag's ear, trapping me in a force cave, trying to drown me. I was going to let you out, you imbecile. Very violent, very reckless. It's like you're trying to put people's lives in danger, it's just... Sometimes, lives have to be taught a lesson. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that aside, I don't think that anyone did anything wrong. We all tried to do what we thought was right. I didn't let any of you die. I could have killed you. Yeah. Momo is stealthing into position to get a shot. So, do you want to help me with something? Well, although... I oh, indeed. I really like you as a friend. Um, friend? Getting mixed up in, in, in any favors for you just seems to be too chaotic for me to deal with. But, I... I so do. that was all just talk then? No, no, we're friends. If you need anything from me, come and ask if you need help, but... I, I don't want to do anything as a favor to you or, or anything or I'm going to owe you something. That it's, it's very tricky with your fate time, is all I'm saying. Okay. There's, there's a lot of rules. I, I can't I can't find a way back to the Paradise Realm. I'm stuck here in this desert hellhole. She starts to like this a little bit of a, like a half sob. Didn't you come from the Paradise Realm? Isn't that where, isn't that your home? Yes, it's my home, and now I'm stuck here in your awful, awful, shitty world. <laughs> well, we can get you. I, I, I think I know of a way I can get you back home. It sounds like you need a favor. You need a favor. You need old Kadeem's help. You need Uncle Kadeem's help. <laughs> you want to call in that favor? You want to look for a way to back to the And there, you hear like a snap from her. She says, "I'll talk to you when I'm ready." You. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you we could find a cleric uh, in Lethal Sphere. It'd probably be a lot easier to find. If we say got a master magical weaponsmith into political power, just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, just an idea. Ismi, would you be down to accompany us? Yes. She says yes as a favor to you, could you? No. No. Back to Varian and Magnolia in this episode of Phase of Our Lives. Yeah, yeah you're smooching with the dryad. Yep. She says, why don't you stay here for 
Um, Do you have to leave? You know, the sun the sun methods don't see me here. It's like, I'd love to stay, and I will stay as long as I can, but I can't uh, willingly stay here and let the rest of the world burn. She kisses you deeply and says, go, my little hero. Moo-moo's up there in her, in her perch, just like, just like a housewife <laughs> watching Days of Our Lives. While Moo watches her stories, this is deadly serious for Varian. You see an image in your mind of a figure in a bright white light, okay. and it flashes and it's gone. Magnolia smiles at you, she says, it seems, it seems the lady in white can reach out to me if she wishes. And you start to feel the, the uh, item on your chest, it begins singeing you, and then acrid smoke begins to rise. Ooh, uh, I can't take it off, correct? Nope. Yeah. Uh, she sort of she sort of sits back, she like sniffs at the smoke. It's it, it's disconcerting, and she needs a constitution save. You feel this gets further and further back as the smoke begins to swirl up around you, and you have no control over it at this point. I say you also need a constitution save as your lungs fill with smoke. You feel like a sickening blindness start to sweep over you, but you're like you're breathing through it and you're letting it pass, and then suddenly the smoke is all around you and you have accepted it. You, you feel like you, you control your reaction to the smoke completely. And you also feel like that image that was in your head, that you remembered very vividly for that one second, is forced out of your brain. As you almost begin to turn in a slow motion, slower than the rotating uh, smoke around you, then you suddenly stop and the smoke just sort of eviscerates. She's like staring at you and like with a look of horror. Shocked and aggrieved. Magnolia demands an explanation. Uh, at a moment when we would have died if I hadn't accepted it, I allowed it to bind to me at knife point, basically. She sort of she sort of shakes her head really sadly. She turns and dis- disappears into her tree. <gasps> oh. oh! All right, Varian is rent. I'm gonna, said, I'm gonna slowly get up and just start trudging away and go and start planting a garden for her within distance, even if she hates me. With Varian moping, the spotlight returns to Kaneem. Previously in this adventure, to relieve Jennifer of the consequences of breaking a promise to Ismene, Kadim had promised Ismene a favor. Nope, that's it. You, you, I owe you one favor, not two. And here's the favor you will do for me. What's that? Take me with you until I am ready to leave. Oh, God, no. What? Take me with you until I am ready to part with you. She smiles oh. and leans back <laughs> Well, I owe you a favor, so you should just state it. Fine. I'm gonna go to Lethal Sphere, and this little tick is gonna get out of her hair, and we're never gonna have to worry about her again. And I point to my shoulder. She lands there. Boom! Mm, good view! Exactly. Or tell the tree, rather. Yeah. We're gonna do everything we can to get that amulet to his chest and back to you. Alright, Moo appears and walks down the hill, having heard and seen all of this ridiculousness. Okay. Oh, Moo And goes up to the little pixie, and just pokes it in the chest, and says, Get the damn hags to take us to Lethal Sphere. Pay for it yourself, <laughs> Silver Princess. <laughs> Pixie, I never promised to do shit for you, so I should shoot you right now and walk off. I'm afraid that would have devastating consequences for your buddy, Kadeem. She gives you a little crocodile tear. <laughs> okay. Yes, you got any of that uh, hallucinogenic spell? <laughs> Euphoria? Anybody want to yeah. get high? That, that's, a, that's a cantrip for me. Oh, we got some time to kill. How about you and I just get down? 
she immediately erupts in a flash of sparkles, and which wave over you. I Roll a charisma save, unless you don't want to save. No. Okay. You immediately feel like you're walking on air, just floating. You're back. You're like back uh, stroking in a cloud as you're just falling, and then suddenly you land softly. You guys all see him just falls on his back on the ground. I was like, sitting. <laughs> yeah, but he was like sitting, but he falls on his back on the ground. But you feel this as like you're just floating there as, as like the strongest sense of euphoria you've ever felt washes over you. Yes. And you're just dancing there, and you see the pixie. She was sort of flo- fluttering above. Uh, Kadeem just sort of plopped down on Kadeem, like on her back as well, and just like making like snow angels in his clothes there. How about we pass the day when we sneak back to to Argyle Bridge? The party heads back to Argyle Bridge. You come in through the, underneath the bridge, um, through the through the long tunnel that's hidden, the hidden passage. Being extra extra stealthy. Sure. As you approach down that hallway, and there's that closed door at the end of the hallway with the door. Um, whoever goes first looks through the window, and you see. Remy Argyle and a shorter, maybe five foot six man with a, a human with a V-shaped torso and a very angular jaw who is talking to Argyle. You've never seen this man before? No. He is not a member of the prisoners? No. What is he doing down here? Alright, we go inside. Alright, All right, so can you in? <laughs> You're about twenty feet from him as you throw open the door. Even before the door is completely open. Roll, Kadeem roll initiative. A disc, a vertical disc that's spinning at a super high speed comes flying at you like a bullet. A silver spear spirals into your chest and shreds in like a saw blade through your armor and into your chest. As Lord of the Manor, Argyle must speak up. Hey, these are our buddies. What are you doing, man? I pulled a blade out of my arm like, yeah, what the fuck's your problem? Who are you? How'd you get in here? Hey, boys, calm down, calm down. Shut up. <laughs> he says nothing. He just he just folds his arms and looks at Remy and and Argyle. If Mumu is going to come around behind Kadeem and just disappear into the shadows at the back of the room, crossbow at the ready. Always eager to interject, Ismin the pixie makes a big mistake. Immediately when this happens, uh, she turns invisible, like is her nature. And she turns invisible. She, uh, you feel her brush past you because you were sort of in the doorway there. Go off your shoulder, I guess, um, and fly forward. And you hear her whisper something, like casting a spell. Meanwhile, he raises his hand, like from his folded arms. He raises one hand, and you can see her turn visible. And just right in front of you, she, she is in the air in front of you, and she is just turning purple like she's like she's being suffocated as he seems to hold her in his hand from about 20 feet away. I toss a dagger at that mother. Put my hand out and I say, Sir, <laughs> let go of Ismin, please. You feel a wave of sickness wash over you, almost like the magic, the magic that sort of you use and control every day is just wiped out of you. You, you feel like staggered a little bit. Uh, everything you do right now is going to be a disadvantage. Okay. Um, as you feel a little disoriented, a little uh, almost naked, uh, powerless, Remy sort of staggers to a little bit, but then stands back up and, and eyeballs the guy who sort of closes his hand, puts his hands back like this, and you guys all... That feeling starts to drift away from you as Remy is just like staring at him. I catch his me. Okay, she sort of falls to the ground, but you're able to reach out and grab her. Yeah, she's um, and, and she looks terrible. She's like choking. So he wasn't affected. Kadeem wasn't affected. Kadeem wasn't affected at all. He looks over to Kadeem as though he's expecting Kadeem to talk. Remy sort of, uh... 
Um, excuse me, let me uh, introduce everyone. Uh, she's, you've never seen her act so formal. Um, she introduces you in this order. Mary, Kadeem, Jennifer, and uh, somewhere else is the other one. And what did Remy say his name was? Remy said, um, we don't use names in this context. Uh, we will call him Envoy from the North. Envoy from the North? Well, um, as you know, know our real names, I'm sure you're aware that we're most wanted criminals as well. He looks at Remy. Remy says, um, yes, uh, here in uh, District 5, um, they have quite the reputation uh, as uh, criminals uh, by the definition of the sun. And the guy nods. Seems to approve. <laughs> I like him already. At least we're on the same team. Um, I get up from my knees. Uh-huh. And I say, we generally don't treat ladies in this manner down here. I don't know how things are going in the north, but... He, he sort of looks at you, he says... In the north, we kill Spellcaster. And he says it with this, like, low, slow, almost uncaring voice. So you don't have anyone to play awesome music like this? And I bust out my guitar. <laughs> cast my cantrips, my minor illusion, to, to you know, do my drum loop as thing. You, as you cast that, he sort of waves his hand, and you feel the magic die. Why would you do that? <laughs> that was beautiful! Did you hear how good that sounded? Magic is a curse. Disgusted by all of the filthy magic, the monk retires to his room. There, Mumu approaches him and tries to make friends in her clumsy way. The goal here is to see the status of this wretched operation. Completely disappointed with what I found. Except, he says, and he walks over to you, um, and he sort of his hand sort of rests on your shoulder a little bit. Nope, it doesn't. I shrug right out of the way. Never let him touch me. If he tries to touch opposed, me, I just move out of the roll way. Roll an opposed acrobatics check. You're barely able to slip out of his grasp as he sort of grips onto your shoulder, but you just sort of pop out a little bit, and he smiles at you. He says, Impressive. Having seen both Jennifer and Mumu fail in attempts to approach the monk, Kadim decides to try his hand. Come with me. I start walking off. Sort of looks at you over and then nods and walks with you. He seems to have a great deal more respect for you than he did the others. Because I don't use magic. Yeah, exactly. I take him to one of the training rooms. I leave the room and go hang out with Ismin. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ismin's over there. It's like, can you believe that? He's a dick. Yeah, he's such an asshole. <laughs> I hope Kadeen goes and kills you. Mumu just sidles up to the pixie and says, he asked if he could kill you. And just she smiles looks, at her. She turns like, she's already white. But she turns, like, ghostly. And you can tell she's, like, she's a little shivery there. She, like, cuddles up to Jennifer. Don't, don't let him kill me. It's okay. Kadim and the monk engage in some friendly sparring while Kadim asks about the situation in the north. Our numbers grow fewer by the day. That's unfortunate, friend. Oh, that's some bullshit. 18. Step up and try to bear hug him. Once again, he's just gone. As they continue to dance, Kadim inquires into the background of the monk who willingly provides a deep history. I figured your anti-magic abilities would protect you from such things. They have honed their abilities after our initial victories in the war. Initially, Winthrop held out for nearly a century, but at some point, they countered, and our large attack force hit their main city, our forces were decimated, none returned. And then they rolled over our territory and controlled nothing since 320 years ago. As the sparring session concludes, Kadim finally gets the reason that the monk came here. Great pleasure to meet you. It's an honor to finally meet someone here who is not poisoned, but magic. We need 
donations because we are raising an army to fight off the Dwargar. The Argyles could provide the funding they once did, we could start to rebuild. You do realize the Argyles have no real institutional power or any real assets to speak it seems of. seems that that druid is in charge now. It's very disappointing. Why are you so concerned about magic with the Argyles when they have a very long storied history of magic use? Apparently. The Argyles always accepted our dominance. I can control them easily, even the strongest amongst them. And they accepted that, and pain. Lloyd Argyle is less persuadable, though his mother is his weakest. At this point, there's some debate amongst our heroes on whether or not this monk should be trusted or allied with at all. Failing to reach an agreement, they decide to sleep on it and address the matter again in the morning. Alright, cool, I'll go and knock on the door. He doesn't react at all. I was planning on staying here. He's very slow to respond. He says, I plan on staying here until I get the necessary funds that I can return home. I don't think funds are available here. He stands up, he sort of turns to you. He says, I think the funds are available. And you need a constitution saving throw. You feel cold, like something's been sucked out of you. You feel him walk past you and call out, Argyle. Argyle runs up to you. He points at the newcomer. He says, stop that. This doesn't have to happen, Lloyd. You make this stop. All you have to do is promise me what I asked. And make no such promises, Lloyd. This man is a bully. That's the only way he knows how to get what he wants. Your tyranny ends now. You are as evil as the sun elves. And we will not stand initiative. The monk goes first, and he attacks Argyle. As he moves around Jennifer, just with one step, jumps up, lands on Argyle's sort of bent knee, and stands on that knee and just punches him in the throat uh, five times. Jesus Christ. When a fight breaks out, nobody's happier than Moo Moo. You step around um, Argyle, and you shoot underneath him from an angle, and that crossbow bolt comes up and catches the monk square under the chin, throwing his head back as blood splatters about. Damn. Moo Moo winks at him. My turn. <laughs> oh, okay. I give inspiration to Kadeem. <laughs> okay. I tackle Argyle with the round. Roll an athletics check. Natural 20. It's 29. He'd have to roll an extra 20 to win if he doesn't. Boom! Alright, so I got him on so I got him on the ground and now I just want to grapple him. Leap from his side and he's like, what? And he's like all confused as his sword sort of clatters to the ground. Glare at the envoy. He just sort of stands there and watches, just like with a graceful, unconcerned air. It's like, are we done? Yeah, we're done. Lloyd Argyle's pretty nip that treatment. He's trying to do the right thing, you know, people will get killed around here. I get blamed. Whatever. No, I want to look at, uh, like, I want to I nod at Lloyd, because that seems pretty understandable. Look at the mug and say, like, no more training from any of us. Again. We're in no position to bargain, Druid. You came here because you needed our financial help. We didn't go asking for help from you. You can't help us at all. You're what? the one who's not in a position. If you kill us, you get nothing. Actually, the truth is, you need us more than we need you. You can't even sneak within the city limits of an Sun Elf uh, encampment without being spotted. The vast bulk of their armies stalk our lands. We are fighting your war for you. Whose war is it, really? Yeah. You know, this is a war that we're all kind of fighting a part of anyway. You think this is hot? 
come, come to my land, you'll see what a real war looks like. Why am I seeking their help? They can do business and have trade. That's a dream in our land. Moo Moo pipes up. Are we killing this fucker or what? No, no one's dying today. I was merely making a point to Mr. Argyle. A point well, that I think stands, he says. You can make a point of not harming people around here where you can die. How many of you want to die with me? A bunch of uh, other trainees have heard all this shouting and have sort of appeared from there or wherever they were eating or, or practicing or exercising or something. A bunch of them are starting to approach now. The people, the prisoners you rescued, Aaron and Andrew, Remy, a whole team, all of them with weapons, John. The monk is sort of looking about a little bit less confident. Fine, you don't want to pay for the war, don't pay for the war. Of course we want to. We have no money, you fool. The monk remains unconvinced of their poverty. No. But you told me you were on a losing battle. Y'all have We're on a losing battle because the ground. armies fight us. So Meanwhile, you what? have a, a pathetic police force who barely cares to hunt you. They don't just barely care. They even try to track us down everywhere. We even got a fucking gold dragon chasing us around everywhere. It's the true. governor himself he wants us dead. Twice. You've seen the dragon? Then? It fucking tried to kill us. It charged it us. It did kill one of us. It we have seen now. the dragon. That is not an enemy to Yeah. He's come, to, he's come to kill us twice, personally. Yeah. Congratulations on surviving the dragon. Pushed around in his own mansion for the last time, Argyle puts his foot down. And uh, you guys are still there, and Argyle says, Get out of my house, asshole. The guy as soon as Moomoo hears you. that, she turns She turns on her heel and has her crossbow loaded. Fine. I will see you then. And he starts backing towards the door, and he backs towards that door you guys all entered. In the case where we do maybe find some funding for you in the future, though, how do we get in contact with you? Come to the north. Oh, God. I'll find you. That ends our adventure for today. Nothing comes easy for our heroes, as they have met another potential ally, but this one is trying to extort their most loyal friend. Tune in next week to see our heroes head back to the beautiful resort city of Lethalspear. As always, you can visit us at pressbysun.com get backstory lore maps and more we look forward to seeing you there till next time see ya